0: In 2021, the Philippines will be commemorating 500 years of its part in the historic circumnavigation of the world. This early, we know that our story will be told in a different way. No, history will not be revised. Rather, this time, it will be viewed from a different perspective. One that is decidedly Filipino. One that is ours. This is the first part of what I plan to be a regular continuing series on things I'm only beginning to appreciate now. Hi, my name is Bing Kimpo. Welcome to Undercovered. Welcome to Undercovered. Undercovered. Because some stories just need to be told. Others told more. A few told more fully. Or perhaps in a different way, if not in another light. Welcome to a conversation about some of the stuff that's just Let's begin with where many of us are at when the year 1521 is brought up.
1: On March 16, 1521, when Philippines was discovered by Magellan, they were sailing the night across the big ocean. Until they saw a small Limassawa island. Magellan landed in Limasawa at noon. The people met him very welcome on the shore. They did not understand the speaking they have done because Castilla get at Warai Warai Man. When Magellan landed in Cebu City, Raha Homapon met him. They were very happy. All people were baptized and built the church of Christ. And that's the beginning of our Catholic life. When Magellan visited in Matan, to Christianize them, everyone. La met him on the shore and dragged Magellan to go back home. Then Magellan got so mad, ordered his men to come up Magdang island we could not grab. Cause Lapo-lapo is very hard. Then the battle began at dawn. Bulls and spears versus cans and cannons. When Magellan was hit on his neck, he stumbled down and cried and cried.
0: Thank you, Yoyoy. But the story that that song tells, not to mention the fact that it's just so well done, is really part of the problem, it seems. As with much of popular written history on the subject, it's focused on the Europeans, what they did and what they accomplished. Now, according to the National Quincentennial Committee, which was organized by the government to commemorate the coming 500th year milestones, their goal is to tell the story of 1521 from our point of view. This is Committee Vice Chair and National Historical Commission of the Philippines Chair, Dr. Rede Escalante.
2: The Philippine Quincentennial Committee will stay away from Eurocentric commemorative activities. We will confine ourselves to activities that will not offend the sensitivities of the Filipino people. We identified four principles that would guide us in conceptualizing the commemorative activities and the personalities to be given recognition. First, the committee prescribed that the activities must be Filipino and Asian-centered. We will pay less attention on Ferdinand Magellan and Sebastian Elcano. Instead we will focus on Lapu-Lapu, Raho Mabon, Enrique de Malaca, and other heroes who have not been given enough attention by European and Asian historians. As we promote the heroism of Lapu-Lapu, we will also identify events that highlight positive values. The first value that we will promote is unity. We will show that the success of Lapu-Lapu in the Battle of Mactan can be attributed to the unity and cooperation of the Filipinos at that time. Unity was also the same guiding principle that led to the successful circumnavigation of the world. The second theme that we will promote is magnanimity. We will emphasize that magnanimity and hospitality are characteristics that define the Filipino people. Residents of Samar, and Cebu, welcomed the newcomers when they anchored in their island. When they noticed that the members of the Magellan Expedition were tired, sick, and hungry, they offered them food, drink, and shelter. The magnanimity of the Filipinos continued in the following centuries. We extended the same magnanimity to the Chinese who fled their country during the Opium War in the mid-19th century and during the Cultural Revolution in the 1960s, we did the same thing to the Jews in the 1940s. We also offered refugee centers in Palawan and Bataan to Vietnamese refugees. Our committee will also emphasize that Filipinos value sovereignty and independence. We will highlight that Filipinos are willing to risk their lives and resist any foreign power that would curtail our right to self-determination according to antonio pigafetta the official chronicler of the magellan expedition lapulapu and magellan fought not because of wealth or religion but because of magellan's demand that lapulapu submit himself to the authority of raho mabon magellan's most favored chieftain lapulapu rejected this demand of magellan because for him It was an intrusion into the domestic affairs. Finally, the last theme that we will promote is Filipino identity. Prior to the arrival of the Europeans, the Filipinos had already achieved a certain level of civilization that may be considered at par or even better than our neighbors.
0: Again, that was Dr. Rene Escalante, vice chair of the National Quincentennial Committee and chair of the National Historical Commission of the Philippines. Now, as the quincentennial logo shows, its theme is victory and humanity, with victory describing our success in the Battle of Bactan, led by lapu of course, and humanity referring to the achievements of people as a whole. Beginning with our ancestors who were happy and hospitable, who had lives and a living all their own, as well as cultural exchanges and trading relationships with other countries, even before we were said to be, quote-unquote, discovered. And including, of course, the journey that eventually came to be widely accepted as the first circumnavigation of the world, which certainly was a victory in itself for all of humanity, changing the world in many ways that still impact us today. Ian Alfonso, who heads the Secretariat of the National Quincentennial Committee, tells us more about what they're preparing for.
3: 2021, Quincentennial Commemorations in the Philippines. Yun yung official name ng event. So, plural siya. marami siyang, marami Quincentennial na gaganapin sa 2021. Of course, the 500th anniversary of the Victor at Mactan on April 27, 2021. Yun yung pinaka, ano natin, D-Day ng commemorations. Yan yung significant sa atin as a Filipino, yung event na yan. Pero yung commemoration kasi, magsisimul ang commemoration kasi ay nakabatay sa mother, yung pinaka ano pinaka meta meta narrative. Ang meta narrative natin dito eh, the circumnavigation, di ba? The oh, Philippine yes. part in the in the first circumnavigation of the world. When we say Philippine part, ano ba ang naging role ng ating teritoryo, ng ating likas yaman? at ng ating mga ninuno, doon sa achievement nay na humanity, magkisimula yan sa araw na nakita, na expedition nila Magellan at ng Elcano, yung lupa natin, at, at yun ay noong March 16, 1521, at magtatapos siya doon sa exit nila sa Pilipinas, noong October 29 ng 1521, so yun yung expa- ano yun yung ano yun yung period na nandito, nandito, nandito ang expedition sa ating teritoryo na eventually tatawagin Pilipinas. Okay. O, pero in between those dates, maraming mga significant events na nangyari sa Pilipinas. Okay. Na at isadon yung ngayon na si Magellan dahil nakialam uh, sa lo, sa politikang lokal. <laughs> Although, uh, uh, and dami actually, and daming uh, exciting things uh, na ma-discover eh, Na di at alam after Cebu hindi natin alam ano na nangyari sa expedition eh. Uh-huh. Diba? Na, Nakandaan pa pala sila sa Palawan, sa Tawi-Tawi, sa Basilan, hindi natin alam. <laughs> dito, sa, ano, dito sa portion na to, ina-acknowledge natin na itong circumnavigation navigation ay malaking achievement ng humanity. At yung paglagi nila dito ng pitong buwan ay halos kinocomprise niya yung significant history ng achievement na yon, Dahil ang alam ng mundo, pinatay lang natin siya. Hindi, hindi, hindi alam ng mundo na meron tayong kultura, meron tayong sibilisasyon, at ito yung, mga na, ito yung mga na-witness nila sa Pilipinas. At yun gusto nating ipakita sa mundo.
0: When we return, let's go back in time to 1521. This is Undercovered, the podcast with Ben Kimpo. I came across a captivating conversation on BBC's The Forum regarding the events of 1521. Here's a telling of the event, an excerpt from the episode. Magellan, or Magellan as you will hear them pronounce it, First Man Round the Globe, featuring host Bridget Kendall and guests Dr. Alison Sandman, Associate Professor at James Madison University in the US, Dr. Rodrigo Cacho of the Faculty of Modern and Medieval Languages at Clare University in the UK, and Dr. Rachel Winchcombe, Lecturer in Early Modern History at the University of Manchester, also in the UK.
4: Well, on arrival in uh, the Philippines, Magellan was horrified to find out that the Portuguese had in fact arrived before he and his crew, which was was not good news. So Magellan kind of goes on a charm offensive to try and convince the native elites of the Philippines that they should plead fealty to the king of Spain rather than the king of Portugal. And this is where Enrique, Magellan's interpreter, comes into our story. So Enrique was a slave that Magellan purchased way back in the conquest of Malacca, many years previously. He was believed to be uh, from Malay, uh, but we're not sure about that. By this point, we think Enrique was an indentured servant because Picofeta makes reference to Enrique being paid to work as an interpreter. So Magellan uses Enrique to explain to the native elites of the Philippines that the king of Spain was much more powerful than the king of Portugal and that it should be to the Spanish uh, that they plead their allegiance and to sort of encourage this Magellan lavished the king of Zubu with gifts including clothes and drinking glasses and he also managed to exchange iron for gold. This is where we get to the turning point because up till now it's going remarkably well. They've got through
5: the Straits of Magellan, they've crossed the Pacific, they've managed to subjugate the local chieftain in the Philippines. But then. Subjugate is not really. They've managed to ally with. Ally with. (laughs) But then that comes at a price. (laughs) Rachel, take up the story. So, what happens?
4: Yeah, so in a bid to solidify this new relationship with the King of Zubu, Magellan agrees to take his crew to fight against the Matam people, um, so Zubu's enemies and rivals in the Philippines. Because we need to remember that the Philippines um, in this period doesn't have a unified central government, it's made up of small tribes. Magellan, however, vastly underestimates the fighting power of the Matam people. And yes, he gets killed by the indigenous population who were armed with bamboo spears. Uh, So they set upon him, uh, they pierce him with bamboo spears, and then Pigafetta describes how they all set upon him and leave him for dead, essentially.
5: A dramatic and ignominious end to
4: the captain of this expedition.
5: That was an
0: excerpt from the episode Magellan, First Man Round the Globe, on BBC's The Forum. Recorded just recently in early 2018, I thought that that discussion still reflected some of the biases of Western scholars. Note the awkward moment when the panel reacts to the idea that Magellan Magellan, managed, uh, quote-unquote, managed to subjugate the local chieftain.
5: This is where we get to the turning point, because up till now it's going remarkably well. They've got through the Straits of Magellan, they've crossed the Pacific, they've managed to subjugate the local chieftain in the Philippines, but then... subjugate is not really... They've managed to ally with. Ally (laughs) with.
0: Matt Breen, creator and host of the Explorers podcast, has a vivid retelling of the Battle of Bactan in this excerpt from part three of his series, Ferdinand Magellan, Ferdinand Magellan, and the Circumnavigation of the Court. Ferdinand Magellan and the circumnavigation of the world.
6: Some chieftains on the neighboring island of Mactan had refused to submit Christianity and the rule of Humaban. Remember the village Magellan's men had burned a few days ago? That had been on Mactan. Among those resisting the Europeans was a powerful chieftain named Lapu-Lapu. When Magellan heard about Lapu-Lapu, he decided he would make an example of the rebellious warrior. It would be a deadly mistake. Magellan decided that the Spanish would sail to Mactan and confront Lapu-Lapu. The Sabuans were happy to be part of the fight, but Magellan rejected the idea. He wanted to prove to all the locals the might of the Spanish crown and the Christian god. Here, you just get to the point where you want to shake your head. I mean, getting involved in a local war just seemed like a bad idea, and everyone but Magellan seemed to know it. Juan Serrano and the other officers argued against the action. Even Pigafetta, Magellan's most ardent supporter, begged the Captain General to rethink his decision. There was just no upside to doing this. But no luck here. Magellan was so stubborn and so sure of himself, you kind of just want to poke him in the eye. But the man did not waver. He was going to attack. Again, you just want to shake your head here. This is Magellan playing God and now he's clearly letting himself go a little nuts. On April 27th, 1521, Magellan sailed to Mactan. Many Cebuans sailed there as well, in their small boats called Balangay, but Magellan instructed them to stay back. He was going to win this one without anyone's assistance. Magellan made an attempt to negotiate with Lapu-Lapu, ordering him to submit to the rule of Humaban in the kingdom of Spain, but the Mactan chieftain was ready for a fight there would be no submitting on this day. Approximately 60 armed Spanish, under Magellan's command, took longboats to the beach. The water was very shallow, and the longboats were forced to deposit the soldiers roughly 2,000 feet from the shore. That's like seven football fields. The Spanish, in full armor and carrying heavy weapons, were forced to slog their way through the surf toward Lapu-Lapu's village. But most importantly, the Spanish ships were far away, and their big guns would not be able to aid the landing party. Based on previous encounters, Magellan probably expected the natives to flee at the first sign of fighting. Fire your guns, scare everyone, and the enemy runs off. He had seen it before. He also didn't expect more than maybe a few hundred natives, but he was in for a surprise, because Lapu-Lapu had assembled upwards of 1,500 men. The Mactans put up a fierce resistance, and they did not run despite the gunfire from the Spanish. Perhaps Magellan didn't realize the numbers he was facing. Otherwise, he may have retreated to the boats a lot earlier. Instead, he advanced out of the water and into the village. His men started to burn the homes, thinking it would terrify the mac Instead, it only got them angry. Lapu-Lapu and his men were armed with spears and arrows and machete-like weapons called bolos. The Spanish had armor, but it can only protect you so much. And the Spanish guns were slow to reload and inaccurate. The natives found the Spanish vulnerable in the legs, and their arrows, doused in poison, began to find their mark. Magellan himself was shot in the leg. Seeing the numbers were overwhelming, Magellan finally called for a retreat. But remember, the Spanish longboats are over 2,000 feet away. They had to fight their way through the surf all the while under a barrage of arrows and spears. In the fighting, Magellan started to weaken as a result of the poison in his leg from the arrow. He and his men were vulnerable. At this point, I'm going to let Pigafetta describe the action. Retreating little by little, and still fighting, and we had already got to a distance of a crossbow shot from the shore, having the water up to our knees, the islanders following and picking up again the spears which they had already cast, and they threw the same spear five or six times. As they knew the captain, they aimed specially at him, and twice they knocked the helmet off his head. He, with a few of us, like a good knight, remained at his post without choosing to retreat further. Thus we fought for more than an hour, until an Indian succeeded in thrusting a cane lance into the captain's face. He then, being irritated, pierced the Indian's breast with his lance, and left it in his body, and trying to draw his sword, he was unable to draw it more than halfway on account of a javelin wound which he had received in the right arm. The enemy, seeing this, all rushed against him, and one of them with a great sword, like a great scimitar, gave him a great blow on the left leg, which brought the captain down on his face. Then the Indians threw themselves upon him and ran through him with lances and scimitars and all the other arms which they had, so that they deprived of life our mirror, light, comfort, and true guide.
0: That was Matt Brains' The Explorer's Podcast. lapu victory in the Battle of baktan will certainly loom large in our commemorations in 2021. It's a reminder that, In our blood flows his heroism, as well as that of other great Filipinos of our storied past, and it is an inspiration for us to recognize that that same heroism is in us, that we can call on it and rally behind it whenever we and our sovereignty are being threatened. We've just talked about victory. Next, we'll look into the celebration of humanity. This is Undercovered, the podcast with Ben Quimpo.
5: Nearly 500 years ago, a battered ship with an exhausted crew of just 18 men limped into the port of Seville in Spain. It was all that was left of an expedition of around 260 men and five ships, which had set out three years earlier. But that surviving ship, the Victoria, and its crew, had done something remarkable. They'd become the first to circumnavigate the globe, that is sail right round the Earth in a single voyage. An incredible
2: feat in 1522. This is considered a world event because the expedition was composed of members coming from different countries. It was funded by Spain, but the chief of the expedition is is born in Portugal, and the chronicler is an Italian, and the interpreter is an Asian. And this expedition passed to a lot of countries, and every country, they have their own respective contributions. Portugal focuses on Magellan, based on the claim that Magellan is a Portuguese by birth. The Spaniards, they want to focus on Elcano, Sebastian Elcano, the navigator of the Victoria, the only ship that survived and completed the voyage. People of Malaysia, they want to focus their commemoration on Enrique de Malacca, the slave interpreter that Magellan bought when he was still serving the king of Portugal. If you go to Malaysia, don't ask for Enrique. Nobody knows Enrique's Enrique. His local name is Panlima Awang. Panlima Awang. I don't know the meaning. Don't ask me also. I was in in Indonesia last June, and they have their own peg. They want to focus on the spice trade because for them, if not for the spice trade, nobody will dare to circumnavigate the world.
0: That first clip was the introduction to that excerpt from the BBC that we played earlier, describing the completion of what has been described as the first circumnavigation of the globe. The second was lifted from the same National Heroes Day speech by Dr. René Escalante that we also played earlier. The first circumnavigation of the globe is, as the Quincentennial Committee's Ian Alfonso puts it, the meta narrative for 2021 that overarching story into which we tell the Philippine part. The first circumnavigation of the globe that outsized the achievement of man is the pivot on which we turn around and tell our own story and highlight our own achievement. Guess what, Western world? We were here before you came, and we were already living our lives at that time. And that's important to remember if only to dispel the notion that we were savages that had to be tamed or a backward bunch that had to be saved from ourselves. We were a literate society that maintained trade ties with neighboring states by the time that Magellan and his depleted Armada de Buluca managed their way here. Dr. Rolando Borinaga of the University of the Philippines talks of how our ancestors read, wrote, sang, and chanted Among each other.
7: Around 1600, uh, Jesuit Father Pedro Chirino had observed that the Tagalogs wrote on the sermons they hear or on the sacred histories, lives of the saints, prayers, and pious poems composed by them. They responded to what they heard in church by recording the information both in writing and converting them into oral forms such as songs and chants. So in the older days, Alam nila magsulat but they did not do that always because of the hard materials. They wrote on uh, bamboo, bamboo tubes, or in leaves. Kung dahon man, madodonot dayon, Kung kung kawayan, baga matiga. So what they did is that what they heard in sermons or lectures, they in fact composed that into songs and chants and performed that immediately. So, we, we still have that in, in, in our rural areas, automatic song composition. You Nangawarai know? medley, you are given a tune and you have to compose four lines of, of songs which you have to sing outright. Based on these observations, supported by new sets of complementary data, the recent research arrived at a nuanced finding related to literacy that the Tagalogs at the Spanish contact were an oral society that had the ability to read and write. The same observations that Father Cirino chronicled presumably applied to other linguistic groups around the country, including the Visayas. We are essentially an oral society, but we know how to read and uh, write. It was in this context of presumed widespread literacy among the natives that the Doctrina Christiana was published by our Spanish colonizers as the first book in the Philippines in 1593. The Doctrina Christiana contains the Lord's Prayer, the Hail Mary, the Creed, and basic articles of the Catholic faith, all presented in three ways, in Spanish, in Tagalog, written in Roman letters, and the indigenous Baybayin script. The Doctrina Christiana is considered the oldest long piece of Tagalog writing. Although the book was intended as an aid for priests and friars to convert the people of the newly colonized Philippines, in turn, it must have also served as a model for the native readers to learn about and write Roman letters and to learn the Spanish language. It worked both ways. It was used by the friars, but for the natives, they also they used that to learn writing in Roman letters and learning Spanish
0: Meanwhile, Dr. Jose Eliazar Berzales of the University of San Carlos discusses our pre-colonial trading with the Chinese, Thais, and Vietnamese in this clip.
8: The uh, Ming emperors closed off China from trading. Twice they did that. And the result was that Vietnamese and Thai traders took over the business of selling ceramics and silk smuggled out of China or produced in Thailand and Vietnam to the, to, to the Philippines. This is the beginning of the ascendance of Cebu as a central port. Its location also is very clear. It's at the center of a group of islands that do, where if you are trading, you do not have to go to these islands. But if in you just wait at this island and all the other traders huwag sa ceramics, who would bring the ceramics, they would duck at the port of Sugbo, and then some, or all the other from the islanders would begin to consign. It is also proof of the honesty of the Visayas, of the Cebuanos. The Chinese, the Vietnamese, and Thai traders would come, magangkat sa mga ceramics nila, come back six months later, and remember, unsay mga utang sa mga plato, and mabayran, they would get paid. This is one of the best proofs we have that business in the, in, the, in the Visayas was transacted with honor and dignity. There are no reports among Chinese chronicles that you should not trust the Cebuanos or the people of Mactan when it comes to business. On, based on barter and the payment using gold, panika, earrings, money ibayat, or in kind, no? uh, honey, uh, cotton, and pagkaon sa mga foreign traders because the travel to China would have taken them back longer than going down through the trade winds. So naagsa kaon mo ang baligya sa baboy sa mga insect palito nila mga Thai. Remember, in Pigafetta, you say, you, he says four days before the, their arrival in Cebu, there was a Siamese ship, there was a Thai ship that carried off slaves and some food provisions and rice.
0: So while we globally bask in that great achievement of humanity that was the circumnavigation, let us also remind the world that even before 1521, we, their brothers and sisters in humanity, already were here, living and interacting with our own neighboring tribes and states, just like they did in Europe. To me, the greater achievement of the circumnavigation of the world, greater than tracing a route to riches, was finding each other. Brothers and sisters in humanity. Brothers and sisters that we probably never even thought we had. And we Filipinos treated the newly arrived just as we would any brother and sister in humanity. We welcomed them
3: warmly. Yung humanity nangyari, sa simula pa lang, ng pagdating nila sa Pilipinas, uh, ang daming pwedeng tingnan uh, angle sa humanity eh. Yung pag, yung pagiging compassionate ng na mga natin. Kasi nung dumating sila ma dito after more than 3 months na sila eh, naliligaw sa Pacific kasi hindi nila alam, akala dagat lang yung Pacific. Wala silang makain, halos kinakain nila kahoy, sapatos, lubid. Kasi wala silang makain. Kasi ano na nasagad na yung kanilang ano. Pati yung pag pati, pati, pati yung ano, pati yung kanilang yung 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 ano yung capability ng taong mabuhay na, na, na na-exceed na nila yon kasi wala pang nagagawa noon eh pero nung pagdating nila sa nung nakita nila yung Pilipinas yung site yung shoreline ng Samar dun sila nagkaroon ng hope nakita nila na, nakita nila ang ating territory as hope di ba so yung yung at yun yung March 16 pero yung landing nangyari nung March the following day Maglala-landing sana sila dito sa isang isla na pangalan ay Suluan. Pero nung, nung nakita sila ng mga tao, ng ating mga ancestors sa Suluan, nagtakbot. Nagtakbuhan yung mga ancestors natin. Sa nagulat sila eh. Kasi lahat ng malalaking barko nang sa west side natin, sa Malacca, sa India, sa China. Pero bakit bigla bigla may lul- may sa sa east natin, sa east side? na malalaking barko. So, parang siguro, ini-imagine ko lang din kung ako man yung nabuhay noon, oh, weirduhan ako, saan ang galing itong mga barkong to, So, nakatakot nga naman, parang itong mga go ship, di ba? Eh, pamilyar naman yung mga Pilipino, mga ancestors natin noon na sana'y sila makakita ng malalaking barko? Na mga bangka, dahil panginoon tayo ang dagat, eh, <laughs> ang mga Pilipino. Pero, this is ano, this was ano, um, ang unprecedented, na may mga barkong lilitaw from nowhere. So, yung una encounter ay hindi maganda. Hindi maganda. Ah uh, kubakbo yung mga ancestors natin sa sa Same with the Ma- same with Magellan. Natakot din sila kasi nga meron silang prior experience sa Guam. Na meron silang nakalabang mga mga ano mga ano mga taga So ayun nilang nangyari uli yun sa dito sa lugar natin. So naghanap sila ng isang isla na paggadaungan na walang tao. Yun yung Homonhon at sa homonhon doon lang doon lang naroroon sa makapagpahinga makainom ng malili sa tubig and then makakain ako na naman pwedeng lang mapulot sa sa saano sa, sa, sa gubat kuma nila and then na curious yung raja yung isa yung ruler ng suluan is mga isla to ha sa Eastagiwan Eastern Summer ngayon na curious pinaimbestiga niya sino ba tong mga taong to at nung at hindi sila magkaintindihan ah kasi nga iba yung language eh Pero doon mo makita doon mga antig na kahit hindi nagkakaintindihan ng kahit hindi naiintindihan ng mga ancestors natin itong mga dayo naramdaman nila pa ng mga dumating Sila'y mamatay-matay na sa gutom, sa sakit. Asin walang matinong tuluyan ang ginawa ng mga ancestors natin. Kahit hindi nila kilala at naramdaman nila na yung pagiging tao, naramdaman nila with them in them.
0: Again, that was Ian Alfonso, Head of the Secretariat of the National Quincentennial Committee. The 2021 Quincentennial Commemorations are indeed a unique opportunity for us to tell the story of the Filipino. But they're also a call for us to know ourselves. But they're also a call for us but they're also a call for us to know ourselves and each other Even better, as we count down to the 2021 quincentennial commemorations, let's look deeper into our past as a people. And let's travel to more of the places across the archipelago that have played parts in our history. Doing so, I think, will help us understand ourselves, our contexts, our present a bit more, and may guide us to working out a better future ahead of us. This has been Bing Kimpo. Join me next time as we look into more of the stuff that's just undercovered.